the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy. And teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott V. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Well, I am he, and you are you, and we are under construction on the Like It Matters Radio Network. I am Mr. Black, and today on Like It Matters Radio, we're going to talk about war and peace. No, I'm not going to pull out that tome. I'm not going to do it, and I'm not going to give you a, a book report. Uh, we're not going to do a thesis statement on a, a great writing. Yeah, we're not going to do that. You're welcome, John. Yeah, we're not doing that. War and peace. You know, I want you to think that they are the extremes of all relationships, right? I mean, think about it. When you're at peace with somebody or something, you would technically say that's going good, right? You're at peace with them. And when you're at war with something or someone, I think we could all agree that we could say that that's not going so good. Right? I think that's a fair statement. So those are two extremes. Yeah, a little, little light, lightsaber work, right? I mean, that's just, uh, I don't need to be Yoda for you to get what I'm saying, right? War bad. Peace good, right? Logical. And although, yeah, I'm doing that a little lightly because there are good wars. Uh, there are. Uh, there's a war against our flesh that we, we fight, right? Uh, Paul says it, right? That uh, my spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. Uh, that we have a war going on between the uh, the um, old man and the new man. And by old man, I don't mean Joe Biden. That's not what I'm talking about. By the old man, I'm talking about the man of sin, the, the original Adam. Remember the first Adam? Uh, he sinned, and by one man, sin was brought into man's DNA. And as one man brought in sin, another man, Jesus the Christ, brought, took it out basically killed it off to those who accept the paid price. So there are good wars. I'm not saying there's not good wars, but I want you to use the extreme here. If you're looking at a continuum, right? War is one side of the continuum, and peace uh, is the other side of the continuum. And I want to go into this. And, you know, one of the key questions in life we got to ask ourselves is, who am I? Who am I? If you look at uh, King David and King Solomon, right? You got two, one father, one son. Uh, King David was a man of war. He, uh, he used the sword. And so uh, King David wanted to build the temple for God. And what did God tell him? Uh-uh, nope, sorry. You're a man of war. I mean, that's how God made him. God sits above time. God created him for the time that he was in. But he said that your son Solomon... And Solomon was, quote, a man of peace for the most part. But it is interesting, and to give a side note, I just, I'm in the now moment, that uh, Solomon destroyed the kingdom. <laughs> it is interesting. It was after Solomon that the kingdom was split into two. It was no longer a unified kingdom. 
Uh, it is interesting. So even though he was wise and he was a man of peace per se, his wisdom was so great that he didn't think he needed to apply it to himself. So everything he told everybody else and all the wisdom that God gave him, he applied to everybody else. But the downfall of Solomon is our downfall, where we apply something to everybody else, uh, but we don't apply it to ourselves. And so when you think about war, I think about generals, right? Think about military people. Uh, And uh, one of my favorite little poems, little stories as a father and as a warrior uh, is uh, what General Douglas MacArthur wrote while he was stationed in Australia. He was Supreme Commander of Allied Forces in the Southwest Pacific, and he penned this prayer for his only son, Arthur. Uh, And I just think it's a great little prayer because as a father, uh, I worry. Uh, I was really hard, you know, raised my two oldest kids on my own faith in Christian uh, and very little can fluster my two oldest kids. Very little at all. I mean, they grew up with Mr. Black. I mean, they can handle anything. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've changed a lot. Uh, and so Benaya, uh, uh is different. Uh, Major's different. I uh, shared custody with uh, Major's mom, uh, and she's trained him to hate me. Uh, and so didn't really, couldn't really play a role of a father, more a friend, unfortunately, the way the courts and my ex-wife set up. And then with Benaya, you know, I basically uh, have allowed Valerie. I'm a much more intense man than my wife, and my wife was raised totally different. And instead of fighting, uh, you know, want some peace. So I've kind of subjugated my role as that uh, father. And uh, Benaya is a great young man, great intelligence. Oh, he's incredibly sharp. He's reading at a fourth grade level at kindergarten. But his emotions are are a little bit, uh, you know, not as well balanced as I'd like. He's going to learn emotional intelligence. And boy, last night happened. He spilled something. I didn't even say anything, just looked at it with intensity, and he almost started freaking out. And I'm like, wow, have I done him any favors uh, by not being that intense man? So any parent knows this. It's the most guilt-ridden job in the world, right? It's the most guilt-ridden job because I want to do right by God and I want to do right by my kids. Uh, and only time will tell, right? Uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. But here's what Douglas MacArthur wrote uh, to, about his son, Arthur. He said, build me a son, O Lord, who will be strong enough to know when he is weak and brave enough to face himself when he's afraid. One who will be proud and unbending and honest defeat and humble and gentle in victory. Build me a son whose wishes will not take the place of deeds. A son who will know thee and that to know himself is the foundation stone of knowledge. Lead him, I pray, not in the path of ease and comfort, but under the stress and spur of difficulties and challenge. Here, let him learn to stand up in the storm. Here, let him learn compassion for those who fell. Build me a son whose heart will be clear, whose goal will be high, a son who will master himself before he seeks to master other men. One who will reach into the future, yet never forget the past. And after all these things are his, add, I pray, enough of a sense of humor so that he may always be serious, yet never take himself too seriously. Give him humility so that he may always remember the simplicity of true greatness, the open mind of true wisdom, and the weakness of true strength. Then I, his father, will dare to whisper, I have not lived in vain. Man, I love that. I love that piece. Because any good father, any good father, would want that for their son. And so the dilemma 
just like in my classes, I created an intense environment. It is war in there. But in my class, people aren't doing war with me. They're doing war with the enemy within. I have a saying that I've met the enemy, and he's living in my shorts. And so there are lots of wars. And one of the greatest wars that we ever wage is the internal one. The battle is in the mind. Between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is our power. It is our freedom. War that we have to wage, the war of congruency, that our words and our actions match. As Christians, we are called uh, to, to be at war with the flesh, the spirit and the flesh fight, but we're also called to be at war with the world. It's very clear. The Bible says enmity with God is friendship with the world, and conversely, friendship with God is enmity with the world. Go to Genesis 3. The battle began for man, right? Good versus evil. God's will versus someone else's will, either ours or the devil's. And God said the punishment for following after the devil instead of following after your good father is that the woman and the men will have enmity, that there will be uh, enmity between uh, Lucifer and the seed of Christ. So ladies and gentlemen, war is a part of life. And on the opposite side of that is peace. And we all seek peace. But do we are we willing to pay the price? There's a price to pay when you're at war with somebody or something. And there's a price to pay when you're not willing to fight that war. And is peace the absence of fighting a war? Or is peace something else? Today on Like It Matters Radio, let's delve into that. I am Mr. Black. We'll be right back. Between the stimulus and the response, there is a space, and in that space is your power, your freedom. Dr. Viktor Frankl. In this unprecedented time of pandemics and confusion, our daily choices matter more, and they are more consequential. Times of challenge and opportunities require another set of eyes, a deeper understanding, a bigger picture, so we can live a life of purpose and passion like it matters. Mr. Black is excited to announce the release of his newest book, Way of the Warrior, a daily devotional, bringing hope and encouragement to be all that you were created to be. Each day, Mr. Black shares with you guidance from above that is educational, inspirational, and applicational. Access Mr. Black each day as he continues to help you raise your bar and become all you were created to be. Way of the Warrior Daily Devotional is now available in ebook and hardcover at likeitmatters.net. Regain and retain your power and your freedom. Order Way of the Warrior Daily Devotional and let God be your guide and Mr. Black your life caddy. Order today at likeitmatters.net. Cool voiceover. Zany sound effect. Okay, we were going to write a flashy promo about streaming us on Radio.com. But considering how easy it is to do, we'll just keep it simple, too. Listen to Freedom 1570 on the Radio.com app. If you could build the world's greatest radio station, where would you start? We'd begin by creating a live station that's able to provide breaking news updates. Then we'd install some of today's top political voices behind the mic. 
Finally, we'd craft a convenient way to listen with a specialized mobile app. No, it's not a work in progress. It's on the air now. AM 1280, The Patriot, intelligent radio. Online at am1280thepatriot.com. Join the Insider Fan Club today, and you can win a copy of our April Regnery Book of the Month, The Enemy Within, How a Totalitarian Movement is Destroying America, written by David Horowitz. Sign up at freedom1570.com. This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID-19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now. Many more people need to receive the benefits of Leadership Awakening. Mental health in our communities is a real issue. We recently received our 501c3 nonprofit status with the emphasis of creating and delivering, taking back your power and your freedom to the least among us struggling with mental health issues. Please help us help others. You can save a marriage, save a business, or a life by supporting Like It Matters with your tax-deductible gifts. All gifts are needed, large, small, and everything in between. Please consider becoming a monthly partner at likeitmatters.net. Give today at likeitmatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. Eastern world, it is exploding, violence flaring, bullets loading. You're old enough to kill, but not for voting. You don't believe in war, boards and gun you're toting. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters. Inspiration, education, application. You don't believe in war, but what's that gun you toting? Man, I heard that line for the very first time just now as you did. And that's really what we're talking about. We have people who profess uh, to be people of peace. Uh, And boy, they're toting a gun, though. I love that line. Because you got a lot of people out there, whether it's Black Lives Matter or Antifa, the whole concept of Antifa, anti-fascist. What a, a incongruency. You got the most violent, racist, bitter, hateful people. And what are they protesting against? Against hate. They're protesting against racism. They're pro- Again, uh, don't believe in war. Then why are you carrying a machete, a machine gun, and three grenades? <laughs> But no, they don't believe in war. They, they're just here to hate the haters. Oh, they're just uh, here to wipe out racism with racism. And Dr. King said that very clearly, that darkness can't drive out darkness. Hatred can't drive out hatred. War can't drive out war. If you think about it, it's just fascinating. And we live in this weird, weird time where there's wars all around us. You know, one thing Donald Trump did is work to get us out of wars. And what is uh, Biden, when he comes right in, uh, he starts bombing people again. The peace, you know, remember, he's all about peace. Remember, Obama uh, got the Nobel Peace Prize a week into his presidency. And you look it up. He killed more people via drone. He was a drone uh, president. He slaughtered. I mean, he killed a lot of people. I'm not saying they should have been killed. Please don't hear that. I'm not putting any judgment. But here's a guy that got the Nobel Peace Prize. Right. And by the way, we know the story of Alfred Nobel, right? Alfred Nobel, the guy who uh, the Peace Prize was named for, who set up the foundation. You know the story. I've told it many times. 
One day, uh, Alfred Nobel is reading the, in the newspaper. He's flipping to obituaries. And believe it or not, he sees an obituary on himself, Alfred Nobel. And the thing, they called him uh, the uh, the king of war or something, the, the king of destruction. I don't remember what the title was. Because the Alfred Mo- Nobel had created dynamite. And dynamite blew things up. And dynamite was now being used in the war-type situations and settings to kill people. And so Alfred Nobel didn't die. I think it was his cousin or nephew, someone else had died. But they had the wrong name. And so when he read that, he got to a place like, wow, is that how I want to be remembered? And that right there, that he had to come to Jesus moment. He had a moment because your life looks different from the grave than it does from right here where you're at, right? Because we're all going to live forever, right? We've always said that from eternity's past, right? Logic. That all things continue on, right? Even those that don't believe in God, don't believe in the Bible, they say that, right? Oh, everything is as it always will be. We're just evolving, but the sun rises and the sun falls, and God says that's why a lot of people think God's slow. But he's not slow as we call slow. And so in one of my trainings, I have you look at your life from the grave. I, I take it in. Why? Because when you change your position, you change your perception. And when you believe that life has no consequence, when you believe, even if it's unconsciously, that you're never going to die, when you believe that there's always tomorrow, then there's no sense of urgency. There's no need to change. There's no need to examine yourself. There's no reason to judge yourself. It's the ultimate procrastinations. I'll get to it later. I'll get to it when the kids are out of school. I'll get to it with that. And we got to realize that war is all around us. Matter of fact, uh, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, who died uh, December of 1988, I think it was. So this was his, I was probably listening to something he uh, wrote and recorded in the early 80s. And here was the data at the time in the early 80s. In the recorded history of mankind, man has engaged in over 15,000 wars. Okay? Now, this data, I don't know how he came to this, but it sounds right. Man has engaged in over 15,000 wars. Ready for this? He has signed over 8,000 peace treaties. And that's a lot of peace treaties. I mean, Donald Trump signed four or five and no one seemed to care. But man, in the history of, and we'll use the young earth, I believe in the young earth and the old earth. I believe there's a possibility that earth, when it was created, could have been a billion years old. Because, you know, when was Adam? When Adam was created, right, how old was he? He wasn't a baby. He was a man. And so it's interesting. So I believe in the old earth concept and, but I believe that there's 7,000 years, roughly, that we've been around. Why does that matter? Because in our total history, 7,000 years, we'll just use that, 7,000 years, we have only enjoyed roughly somewhere between 200 to 300 years in total where there was no war, living in a, quote, supposed peace. I'm pretty good at math. So let's take 7,000 years, just young earth, okay? And let's take 10% of that, and that's 700. So if you take 5% of that, that's 350. So in the total history of all mankind— There's been no more, at the most, 5% of man's existence without war, living in, quote, supposed peace. Fascinating. So you've got to understand, I think it was uh, C.K. or G.K. Chesterton, uh, he said one of the great paradoxes of our time 
uh, that we can live in the age of pacifism, but not in the age of peace. It's fascinating. And so what is peace, right? We got to define things because you got a lot of people out there talking about stuff they know nothing about. You know, part of the debate process is to make sure uh, that you're using the same word. They have the same beginning point. That's the problem with conflict resolutions. You can't bring people together uh, when they're at a totally different ends of the spectrum. What I like to do is come up with a common denominator, come with a common agreement that we can all have. And you got to realize, we got to understand that when we're debating, when we're having discussion, when we're having an argument, we need to make sure that the words that we're using are defined the same way, right? I mean, a big play on words today is racism. Oh, my gosh. Somehow black people can't be racist, and somehow you have to have power to be racist, and somehow only white people. I mean, this, this nomadic definition and we're changing the, the dictionary as we speak because to keep up with the politically correct culture, you know, the, the appeasement to, to the, the angry mob out there that's supposedly the nice mob, right? The appeasement. You got to start with the right word. Racism is using the color of someone's skin as a determining factor. Keep it simple, soldier. Remember, the enemy's number one weapon formed against us is confusion. And so the world's wanting to confuse you. Racism is using the color of someone's skin as the defining characteristic. If I like you or don't like you because of the color of your skin, I'm a racist. If I hire you or do not hire you because of the color of your skin, I'm a racist. If I want to share my bed with you or would never share my bed with you because of the color of your skin, I'm a racist. You've got to start with a foundation. And then the second thing while I'm talking about it, when you get a debate or have a discussion, you need to make sure that the deposit, the, the thesis, what you're debating is coming on a basis of truth. I, I remember years ago, Newt Gingrich, when he was on Crossfire, said uh, the, the, the fact that that statement is factually, factually inaccurate is not important. What is important? I mean, just brushed it aside. It was so smooth. He wow. said it a lot better than I just said it. Yeah, it was so smooth because a lot of times we deal with it on Facebook all the time. People start with a lie and they want to tell me how wrong. Well, if you're going to tell me how I'm wrong, at least start with the truth and let's go from there. And so what is peace? Let's define it. Peace is the freedom from disturbance, tranquility. It's a state or period in which there is no war or a war has ended. It is a state of security or order with a community provided for by law or custom, quote, keeping the peace. It is the state existing during the absence of war. It is freedom from war or violence, especially when people live and work together without violent disagreements. You notice the lack of peace in America? You know, all we keep hearing is no justice, no peace. No justice, no peace. Well, first of all, justice is a normalization. In other words, you can't put it in a wheelbarrow. What's justice for John might not be justice for me. What's justice for Jared of Subway Sandwiches might not be justice for you. And I always tell people there is no justice on this side of eternity. Justice comes after we're glorified. You got to get that. But no peace. There's no justice, no peace. How about this? No Jesus, no peace. And then K-N-O-W, no Jesus that way, then K-N-O-W, peace. So war is a state of armed conflict between different nations or states or different groups within a nation or state. War is a state of usually open and declared armed hostile conflict between states or nations. 
War is a conflict carried on by force of arms as between nations or between parties within a nation. Warfare is by land, sea, or air. War is an intense armed conflict between states, government, societies, paramilitary groups such as mercenaries, insurgents, and militias. It is generally characterized by extreme violence, aggression, destruction, mortality. I'm going to tell you what, there's a lot of wars that don't fit in this definition. How about the internal war? How about the war with our past, with our family of origin issues, which I deal with every single day when I counsel people? 50 million Americans are struggling with depression before the pandemic. I bet you it's more like 75, 80 million now. Why? Because of an internal war, a war with God, a war with the world, a war with ourself, a war with our changing country. And that's what we got to deal with. And we had to deal with what are those wars. And when I write my dailies uh, blog, I address you as three people, leader, conduit, warrior. And one of the reasons for incongruency in our life is we don't fight that war. I'm Mr. Black. We'll be back in a few minutes. What can you do in 48 hours that changes your life? Like It Matters Leadership Awakening. Listen to this 22-year law enforcement veteran with PTSD compare Leadership Awakening to other training he's received. You focus on the individual. I think you kind of answered the why question, whereas a lot of the other programs that are out there, I don't want to say they put a Band-Aid on it, but they don't do a very good job of going into the why. And, you know, why am I doing this? Why is my brain uh, revert back to the images? You know, why do I get depressed? And like you said, right, it's a choice. 48 hours. Give Mr. Black and Leadership Awakening just 48 hours, and it will change the course of your life. Go to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule for Leadership Awakening near you. That's likeitmatters.net. Just click on Schedule. Leadership Awakening, where 48 hours will change your life. If you have an unpaid tax debt to the IRS that you can't pay, please hear this special notice. Specially approved IRS relief programs designed to aid delinquent taxpayers are now in effect that can significantly improve your financial situation. Depending on your circumstances, you may qualify to have your tax problem resolved in your favor and may even have your back taxes reduced by thousands or eliminated entirely. A relief hotline has been established by Community Tax for you to call and see if you qualify at 800-555-88. If you owe the IRS back taxes that you can't afford to pay, don't let the IRS trick you into thinking you have no way out. Our highly accredited tax professionals will let you know what you qualify for and how much you can save. We may be able to stop all liens, garnishments, levies, and save you thousands. Call and see if you qualify for this taxpayer relief at 800-555-88. 800-555-88. That's 800-555-88. Community Tax. Who's your tax guy? This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID-19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now. Many more people need to receive the benefits of Leadership Awakening. 
Mental health in our communities is a real issue. We recently received our 501c3 nonprofit status with the emphasis of creating and delivering, taking back your power and your freedom to the least among us struggling with mental health issues. Please help us help others. You can save a marriage, save a business, or a life by supporting Like It Matters with your tax-deductible gifts. All gifts are needed, large, small, and everything in between. Please consider becoming a monthly partner at likeitmatters.net. Give today at likeitmatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. What we do in life echoes in eternity. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. Onward, Christian soldier. Marching off to war, right? That's the key. That's what we're talking about today, war and peace. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war, with the cross of Jesus going on before, Christ the royal master leads against the foe. Forward into battle, see his banners go. That's what the first words of that song mean. And that's what we're talking about, war and peace. Because there's a war waging, many wars, a war inside of each and every one of us. Let's be honest, there's a war going on in America between conservatives and liberals. There's a war going on in America between children of the Bible and children of the world. There's a war going on in America in every head and heart. The battles in the mind. Between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is your power and your freedom. And unless you know those existential questions, you can't stand for anything and you will fall for everything. And those existential questions are, who are you? Why are you here? What's your purpose? If today was your last day on this planet, did it matter one bit that you were given the gift of life? So you got a war with complacency. There's a war in our, to get outside of our comfort zone. I deal with it every weekend in my leadership training. Go to likeitmatters.net to read about it. See, when they go in that class, I'm putting pressure on them. I'm coming at them hard. Not to be mean. Not, not to, to be nasty. Not because I didn't sleep last night. Not because my wife doesn't like me. I do it because I care about them. And so they, a natural reaction, when someone comes at you, you block an attack. And so a lot of people, because we're so defensive... We're so struggling to admit that there's a war, and so we're not fighting the war. That when someone comes at us, even when they're there to help us, we're unknown to, they're unknown to us, and so we block and we attack. But as soon as people in my class realize that they're fighting a war, but they're not fighting it with Mr. Black. They're fighting it with the enemy within. One of my favorite sayings is, I met the enemy, and he's living in my shorts. In other words, if other people said and did to me, what I allow in my head, I'd never tolerate it. I'd never be around people like that. And if you're being honest, because most people are totally unaware of the war going on in their head. Remember, we have thirty to 60,000 thoughts per day. Thirty to 60,000 thoughts per day. And what is thinking? It is talking to yourself. Yeah, it's, it's overwhelming. And remember, we learned yesterday, yesterday's radio show that daily we have about 34 gigabytes 
of information that we process, about 105,000 words that we process in about that 12-hour lifespan that we're awake each day, 12 to 14 hours that we're doing stuff and not preparing for bed, getting out of bed, all that stuff. And so you got to know, as Augustine said, the purpose of all wars is peace. And so we fight that war inside of us so that we can find the peace. But that peace within only comes when we step into the role that we've been created for. See, each one of us has a void inside of us. It's a chasm. It's a hole. It's in the shape of a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus Christ. But what we do is we want to fill it with everything else. We want to fill it with uh, worldly knowledge. We want to fill it with humanism. We want to fill it with sex. Uh, We want to fill it with fame. Uh, We want to fill it with money. We want to fill it with glory. And so we'll never find that peace. We'll never find that peace. And unless you're willing to wage the good fight, then you'll never have the peace that comes from waging the good fight. See, discipleship is always an inescapable war between the kingdom of self and the kingdom of God. That's the battle. George Washington, one of the great warriors, great generals, I don't remember what book it was years ago. I was reading a lot on General Washington. And you know the, the Native Americans, uh, the tribes, the Indian that were here before we got here? They would set up sharpshooters. They would set up people to take out General Washington. And no matter what they did, they couldn't hit him. And I remember reading in one of the Native American leaders, general, I don't know what they, the leaders of the, the warrior teams are called, But he said, it's like the great white uh, spirit, because that's what they call God. The great white spirit was protecting General Washington. But General Washington said to be prepared for war is one of the most effective means of preserving peace. And I have a saying that I'd much rather be prepared for a battle that does not take place than not be prepared for one that does. Because when that happens, it's too late. And my concern with many people I meet is that they're losing a battle because they're giving in, they're pretending that they're having peace, and they think peace is the absence of fighting a war. No, notice I said fighting a war. I didn't say the absence of war because there's a war going on for your soul. There's a war going on for your mind. And let's be honest, there's a war out there going on for our children. And the Bible's full of war metaphors. Ecclesiastes 3.8, right? The, the, uh, the, there's a place for everything, you know, time, a time to love and a time to hate. He says a time for war and a time for peace. Isaiah 2.4 said he will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Don't you hear what he's saying in the millennium? There's going to be peace. There's going to be peace. Peace doesn't happen on this side. Justice doesn't happen on this side of eternity. It happens on the other side. Even Matthew, in the, right, the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon ever preached, right? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. I mean, the Apostle Paul instructs Christians to wage war against the sin in themselves. That's Romans 6, right? And warns us to oppose the schemes, the wiles of the devil. That's in Ephesians. 
5.16 says, I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh craves what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to flesh. They are opposed to each other. Don't you hear it? There is a war. Again, let me remind you, in the history of mankind, there's been over 15,000 wars that man has engaged in. He has signed over 8,000 peace treaties, and we have enjoyed a total in the 7,000 years of man's existence of two to 300 years in total. And, and believers, we are told in 2 Corinthians 10, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought, and we make it obedient to the Christ. That's why I struggle. On Facebook, I'm a warrior, and there's a lot of people trashing God, a lot of people trashing conservatives, a lot of people, and I'm a warrior. I defend my God. Not that he needs me. God wins. Just so you know, if you go to the end of the book, you'll read it. God wins. So we, we fight from a spirit of, of victory, not offense, or I should say defense, not offense. Every day I send out scripture to people. It's called Way of Warrior. You could uh, reach it by going wayofwarrior.blog, wayofwarrior.blog. And I address you in three roles in that, leader, conduit, and warrior. Because one of the key existential questions, though, is who are you? And if you don't know who you are, then it's hard to stand up to, to face the battle. If you don't know why you're here, then you will shirk under the pressure of the battle. If you don't know whose you are, then you will fight the battle in your own strength instead of in God's strength. If you don't know where you're going, you might just turn your back and run away. See, the samurai warrior was one of the greatest warriors ever created. And when he went to battle, he wore armor all over the front, but he wore no armor on the back. And people ask me, why? Why was that, Mr. Black? See, the samurai warrior gave his word, his bond. The term's called Bushido. Bushido is the code of ethics of the samurai warrior. And he gave his word, he gave his bond, that he would never retreat. He would never surrender. And so he never put armor on his back. So he would never entertain the possibilities of breaking his word, breaking his bushido, of turning his back and running away. And so when the samurai warrior went to battle, he had armor all over the front, all over the sides. He had his two swords, his long sword, which was for normal battle. And then he had a short sword, which was called a kill sword. And that was for close, hand-to-hand. Yeah, like the samurai, the John Volusian samurai. Yeah, right? And he had the short sword. Now, the short sword, the kill sword, had two purposes. It was for hand-to-hand battle. When his life was online, he had to take someone else's life at pretty close range. But the second purpose was if he ever turned his back and ran away, he would disgrace the samurai. He would lose face. And so he gave his word part of his Bushido, that he would take his own life when he disgraced the fellow samurai. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm not saying to take our own lives. We've got enough people doing that for enough stupid reasons. But at some point, our word needs to be our bond. At some point, when you know who you are 
and the world is pulling you in a totally different direction to be somebody else, you're going to fight that battle. That someday when you see what the world's attempting to do to your children, get them young, that you will fight for the innocence of that child. That at some point when you see this world wanting to, want to destroy the sanctity of your wedding bed with promiscuity and adultery, you will fight for the sanctity of that marriage. Today, it Matters Radio, we're talking about war and peace. I am Mr. Black, and we'll be right back. construction business constructing memories relationships new ideas and a legacy that will outlive us life is best imagined as a construction project at like it matters we craft tools and teach you how to use them mr black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream one of those tools is individual life counseling the best analogy is a life caddy because sometimes you just need another set of eyes a second tool books by mr black always opening up your mind Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. And don't forget the daily radio show, Like It Matters, at 11 a.m. on Freedom 1570. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. Whoa. Look at all these options. You could fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream Freedom 1570. Top shelf choices include Freedom1570.com, our free app, and Radio.com. Dad, guess what? What? You are going to be a grandfather. That's great. Not too long ago, moments like this with my daughter would have been a challenge. It was a long road for me to find myself again after Vietnam. It was my neighbor Jim, another Vietnam veteran, who finally convinced me that I could still connect with my family and find that fulfilling life I'd lost. And I went for help down at the VA. If I can take that first step after almost 50 years, I know other veterans can too. Visit maketheconnection.net to find out more. Need new windows but don't want to sit through long, high-pressure sales calls? I get it. What if I told you you could get competitive quotes from three contractors after one short meeting with me on any window brand? And it's all free. Visit my three quotes online. That's my three quotes. When I attended the Leadership Awakening workshop, I didn't know what to expect, but I was open. The tools taught at Leadership Awakening helped me discover things about myself that were holding me back from being all God created me to be. Providential? That word coins these life-changing classes because I now realize there are works God has already created for me to walk in, and these workshops helped me to see this more clearly. I received practical insights that I am already applying to be a more focused businesswoman, influential mom to my two teenagers, an eight-and-a-half-year-old son, and patient and passionate wife. I got rid of a lot of clutter in my head. BS, they call it, belief systems that were not serving me. If you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them, if you want to build a productive team in two days, if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning, then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next Leadership Awakening. It's time the giant in you comes alive. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. Crush your enemies. See them driven before you. They hear the lamentation of the women. 
is it good for? Absolutely nothing. I would have to disagree with that thesis right there. I am Mr. Black. Today on Like It Matters Radio, we are talking about war and peace. And war does have an outcome. I'm not saying all wars are good. All wars uh, have good outcomes. But remember, there's going to be a final battle. Uh, the great uh, Armageddon, if you will, from the Valley of Megiddo. Uh, that will be the ultimate war. The ultimate war. Uh, the ultimate battle. Because there's a war waging right now. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not talking about with the guns and uh, knives. I'm not into all that stuff. But there is a war waging in America for the soul of this country. Joe Biden was right. Uh, he was fought for the soul, and he won. And boy, what he's doing to the soul of America, I don't know if we'll ever go back to our, our, our God-following, uh, values-driven country uh, that we once were. Not a joke. And there's a war waging. And, yeah, and you've got to figure out who you are. You know, and even God talks about the, the peace. You know, the good book talks about peace. And there, He talks about three levels of peace. Uh, there's peace with God, because remember, we're in enmity with God. When in the Garden of Eden, we basically walked away from God and became at war with God. And the whole purpose of the everything from Genesis 3 to Revelation 22 is the ministry of reconciliation. So there's uh, peace or war with God, and then there's the peace of God. When you accept Christ, you have this peace. I think it's uh, uh, Philippians, I think 4, or 17, or 18, something like that. Uh, a peace that surpasses all understandings. So there's have a peace of God. There's a peace with God. And then there's peace with the world, with other people, which never happens. Even remember when, uh, when the angel, I think it's Luke's 2 or Isaiah, maybe it was Isaiah 9, where it says, unto you a child is born, uh, peace unto the world, Right? That's what Jesus came for. Eventually, there will be peace in this world. But can I suggest that there's another peace, and there's another war, and that's with ourself, with the enemy within, with our past, with our trauma, with our drama. Every day when I send out my wayofwarrior.blog text to people all over the world, I address you, leader, conduit warrior, leader. It's important. People are looking for people to follow. If not you, then who? If not now, then when? And people are either using as an example of what they love to be like or what they never be like. It's two driving forces in life. It's called neurosocial conditioning. When you get right down to the base of it, you're either moving towards something or you're moving away from something. And you, you could be the example of people say, I'd never want to be like that person. Or you could be the example that that's the kind of person I want to be like. Leader, it's about making a decision. And then conduit. Remember, there's only two vessels that we can be. We can either be a conduit or a cistern. The world's full of cisterns, people that hold on to stuff, people that keep stuff, people that glutton stuff, people that get stuff from a whole bunch of people but never give stuff out. I use the example of the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is one of the lowest places on the earth, and it's fed by a couple of underground waterways. But nothing leaves the Dead Sea. Nothing flows out of the Dead Sea until Christ's return. When Christ returns, the, the Dead Sea will open up and things will pour out of it. And I want you to consider how many people out there are Dead Sea leaders, Dead Sea humans, that a lot of people poured into them, a lot of people given to them, and they just hold on to it and don't share it. We're supposed to be a conduit. We're supposed to be a pass-through agent. The only use of a conduit is to take some type of resource and take it from point A to point B. Are you a conduit or are you a cistern? And the third is warrior. And we got to be fighting the good fight. We got to. 
there's a war out there for our innocence. There's a war where God's fighting against this evilness. Now, God wins. But right now, because we handed over the deed in the Garden of Eden in Genesis 3, someday the kinsman redeemer will, re- will return. And he will return and take the scroll. That scroll with the seven seals, you might want to consider what if it's the deed to planet Earth and our kinsman redeemer is now redeeming it back to us who originally had the deed. So you got to be a warrior. Paul talks about all the time, you got to fight the good fight. At the end, I fought the good fight. I ran the good race. It's a metaphor. And you got to fight the good fight. Why? Because if you're of God, then the world hates you. If you're of the world, then everything's cool. Remember, God says there's two paths. And for those of you of the world, you're on that wide path. It's easy, it's fun, lots of people on it. But God says it's leading to destruction. He said there's another path. It's a narrow path. And it's hard to find. He said find it. Very few find it. Why? Because there's a war going on. That's why it's hard to find. We've got to fight the good fight. You've got to fight for your marriage. I mean, promiscuity, you can look at things, you can meet people. I get these on Facebook probably five a day. Women sending me all their nudie pictures and wanting to, you know, hook up, hit this thing, and you can find people in your area that want to have sex with you. Oh, these are all married people. Don't share these names. They're just looking for someone to have sex with. You've got to fight the good fight to keep the purity of your wedding bed. Sanctify it. Don't give in to look at a woman lusting your eyes. God says you've already committed adultery with her in your heart. You've got to sanctify that wedding bed. What about our children? By the time a child is six years old, the majority of their map of reality is in place, Dr. Um, I can't think of his name now. But Dr. Adler, I think it's Alfred Adler, a renowned psychologist, says by the time a child is six years old, why do you think the world's wanting to get them younger and younger? You hear about five-year-old kids telling their parents they want a sex change operation. They think they're a girl or they think they're a boy. The world wants to get our kids young. Hitler knew that. Get them when they're young. Because once you get them when you're young, you condition them, you got them for the rest of your life. Raise up a child in the ways of God. That's what the Bible says. Why? Because they go back to what they know. A dog returns to his vomit, and a sow, after cleaning herself, returns to the mire. Why? Because we go to what we know. But I'm going to tell you right now, the biggest fight is the one in your head. you got to fight the battle within. What am I? I'm seldom considered though I do more to influence everything about you than virtually any one thing in your life. I often control the time you get up in the morning, the time you go to sleep, what you eat and drink, and the very thought that runs through your head. I can make you either happy or sad, loving or hateful, cheerful or remorseful, congenial or spiteful, and in doing so, I can control the very capacity that you have for success. Oh, no. You don't often think of me. Instead, you blame the problem I create on the shortcoming of others or the state of the economy or your family or your past or a million other reasons. Often at times, unable to find anyone else to blame, you look for shortcomings within yourself on which to lay the blame. When my impact on your life fully is considered in your very thought and action, when you are mindful of my awesome power, nurture and groom me for positive use in your life, I could become more contagious than the most prolific disease ever witnessed by man. My influence will spread to every person you come in contact with. Groomed and nurtured in a positive manner, there will be no person or obstacle 
that can stand in the way of my success or fail to be impacted for the better. What am I? I am your attitude. That's what I am. And that's what we got to remember. Our attitude is up to us. One of my favorite quotes is by Chuck Swindoll, Charles Swindoll. He says, the longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me me is more important than facts, is more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other people think or say or do. It will make or break a church, a company, or a home. It is more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the inevitable. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change those things. The only thing we can do is play on the one thing we have, that one string that we have, and that is our attitude. I'm convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitude. There's a space between the stimulus and response, and that's where warriors reside. It's a place called the now moment. Go to likeitmatters.net. Let me help you regain that power and that freedom. Listen to Like It Matters Radio for an hour a day, Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can live stream with us on freedom1570.com. And if you miss any of this show, go to likeitmattersradio.com because I want to help you fight the good fight. You are under construction on the Like It Matters Radio Network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. Commence fire. Fire at will. What we do in life echoes in eternity. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing. But are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help. Your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers, making buying decisions right now and for the future. Will they consider or even know about you? The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We'll design a plan that targets and surrounds customers with proven marketing strategies. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. Ringing liberty and 